God and he's going to preach the word to you. Uh, Chaplain Ebong, I remember when you first came, uh, I remember you sat right over there. I think you frequently sit in the same place. I remember you and your, your beautiful family. And I remember you coming and we had the opportunity to share a meal or coffee together uh, as you were a chaplain on the base there in the, in the army. And uh, as we talked, I, I shared about how my, my brother went to Nigeria at 10 years old. And my brother, my oldest brother, who's in the ministry in Florida, went at 10 years old, moved to Nigeria with another family, and, uh, and lived there for a year. And I remember the stories of Nigeria and Lagos. And I said that right. And, uh, and then I remember a very dear friend of our family, uh, Bassi was his name, and he an ambassador from from Nigeria that became very close friends of our a friend of ours. And so when I when I met you, it just it just did something for me. It just really warmed my heart. I um, you know I love Nigerians and, and we just loved you right away. And as we talked, uh, your humility uh, took me by surprise. And then when I found out how God has blessed you in this land, moved here. With $97 in his wallet and nothing. So don't tell me you can't make it. You can make it. $97 and has, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. To me, I had the opportunity of looking over your credentials. Has like the finest education you can get from the finest schools in the land. And a lot of people have an education and then they think they know something <laughs> tremendously educated but such Christ-like humility and I thought my goodness and so I invited them to preach but we could never quite put it together and um, and then on New Year's I, I, I didn't say this to you but on New Year's you prayed and you prayed about the enlarging of our tent peg you prayed prophetically and you prayed the word anytime you ever hear somebody pray the word means they actually have a grasp of the word if you hear people that pray and you never hear scripture, that ought to concern you. And his prayer was filled with scripture. And it was so anointed. I thought, oh my gosh, this is, what are you doing here? When I found out about your education, I asked him, how's my theology? Is my theology okay? <laughs> he said, the anointing of the spirit is here in this church. And that's why you come. And I didn't know if that meant my theology was bad. Or... <laughs> I'm just teasing. Would you put your hands together for them and their families that come? come. just going to pray a blessing, but today is a day of celebration for them as he's just received uh, a tremendous promotion, becoming Lieutenant Colonel. And uh, put your hands together one more time for them. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, Karen. Thank you, congregation. Um, this, this morning is a very special morning. Um, we've come, me and my family, we've come here to do what the choir was singing this morning. They said, I will tell of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So that's why we are here, uh, to thank God and to honor God 
for God honoring us. Um, to become a lieutenant colonel in the army today is not easy. Um, they are getting rid of people. You know that they are downsizing. Wonderful people. When the list came out, there were people that were more qualified than I was, but they were not on the list. And so we just want to honor God and thank God and give God the praise for what He has done. And so this scripture is uh, the scripture of our thanksgiving. It um, Taking it from the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, it says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my son, and he also has become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall he draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall he say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, and make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee towards them let's pray father we thank you for this beautiful family that you have elevated in this land as they have done their best to remain faithful beyond that god you have blessed them and you've given them a firm place to set their feet you brought them through the fire you brought them through the flood and you brought them into a place of rich rich prosperity and blessing so god we thank you for this family and we bless them on this day and pray god that you mightily under your service even for the glory of God the Lord would say I am gathering unto you family members I'm you're going to set your stakes deep down in the ground and I will fulfill everything I have spoken to you don't be moved by the things to the right or the left set your feet in a firm place I have not only established you I will establish you beyond even your wildest dreams or hopes or imaginations I'm going to do more for you than you even ask to be so so Lord so God we thank you and we bless them in Jesus name Amen put your hands together for them won't you your hands together for Lieutenant Colonel Ibanga. Be seated. I want to say again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there this morning. Um, I have, a, in addition to the special Father's Day gift that uh, you have received, 
I have a special gift also for you this morning. I, um, uh, before we go into that, I want to, me and my family, want to express our uh, deepest appreciation for Pastor Daniel, Karen, um, for giving us this opportunity to be, uh, um, to stand before you this morning. Uh, the love that we have uh, experienced from the congregation, you have been wonderful. Uh, thank you for uh, receiving us. Um, uh, every time we come here, we are at home. You know, we got a, we got a really wonderful relationship. We don't, we don't talk a lot. Uh, you know, when you have a, a divine connection with somebody, you don't really say very much. Um, as you all know, um, I see my brother here. We are together. Wave at me. We are there at Delta Junction. And um, I come home maybe once or twice a month. And it's like when we see each other again, it's like we pick up where we left off. <laughs> so that has been wonderful. It's been really wonderful. I truly enjoy that. Um, I consider it really a honor to stand behind this uh, sacred desk here this morning. Um, this is a very special place. Um, I, I don't take it very lightly. Because from this position, souls have been saved. Uh, from this position, from this desk here, uh, destinies have been altered. Souls have been snatched from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. People's lives have been transformed forever. So the, I, I don't take it very lightly to stand before you here this morning. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to stand before you. And so I want to share with you a message on this beautiful Father's Day, a, a very special gift for all of you. Um, if you're a father, this gift that I have for you will work for you. If you're a mother, this gift will work for you. If you're a child, if you're a son, you are a daughter, this gift that I'm going to give you this morning will work for you. Wherever you find yourself, if you are in the military, this gift will work for you. If you're a civilian, this gift will work for you. Whatever career you're a part of, this gift that I have for you today will work for you. And so, please, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles with you, the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew, chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 24 through 27. Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. If you found it, say amen. amen. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, 
And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Please bow with me for a moment of prayer. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this great congregation, for these great pastors that you have raised up to lead this congregation in this kingdom age to take territories for the kingdom of God. I want to thank you for this privilege to stand before them this morning. Father, you, it, it, it's time to break the bread of life. And Lord, you know that I know that I have nothing of myself to give to your people. And to that end, I ask, oh God, that you will stand in my body, that you will think through my mind, and that you will speak through my lips the words that we need to hear today. May the words that come out of my mouth be anointed to break rocks into pieces. And Father, we make a covenant with you this morning that we will not only be hearers of your word, but we will be doers of your word. Father, have your way in us. Touch us. Our hearts and our minds are open. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Quite often, people have uh, accused me of preaching that when you become a believer and you start walking by faith, you will not have any problems in life. <laughs> and that has been a very wrong accusation. Because I have never said that. If you want to know somebody who has had more than his fair share of troubles in life, you are looking at one. But do you know what? If you want to know also somebody who has had a good experience with victory, you are looking at one. The problems have come. The trials have come. The temptations have come. The difficulties have come, but we have won in the troubles. We have been victorious in the troubles. And I want to share some things with you this morning along those lines. The Bible does not say that because you become a believer that you will not have any problems. But what the Bible says is that whatever problem Satan can raise against you, there is more than enough provision in the word of God for you to handle it and take care of it confidently. As a child of God, there is always a place for the believer where you can raise your head and walk straight saying, because I'm a child of God, I am going to come out on top of this. Because I'm a child of God, when the, when the dust settles, I will still be found standing. And when you talk like that, people will think you're boasting. People will think you're being unrealistic, but you are just doing exactly what the word of God says. And I want to share some things with you along those lines. The passage that we read this morning, those were the words of Jesus. If you have a red letter edition, it's written in red. It means those were the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. It says, there were these two houses. The Bible says there were these two houses. One house, the man spent time. He dig 
the foundation. He dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. We can say this is the man who is living by the word of God. The man who took the time, he dig deep, he laid the foundation on a rock. That is the man who is living by the word of God. Jesus said when the storms of life came, they could not shake him. Why? Because his house was already built on a rock. But there was the other builder. He did not take time. He just went and built on top of sand. And Jesus said, that is the man who does not live by the word of God. The man who, leave, who built his house on top of the sand. Jesus said, this is the man who does not live by my words. When the problems of life come, the storm came, the wind blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And Jesus said, and great was the fall of it. What does that mean? We'll go back into that. Great was the fall of it means others saw it fail. Okay, it was on CNN. <laughs> and great was the fall of it. It means people saw the destruction because that house was not built on a rock. And so, brothers and sisters, obviously, both houses were standing side by side on the same street. Okay? Both houses, from, G from the words of Jesus, they were standing side by side on the same street. What made the difference on which house stood? It was not the wind. It was not the storms. It was not the rain. What made the difference was the foundation on which each house was built. Brothers and sisters, what I'm saying to, to you from that passage is, what is going to determine the circumstances of your life? What is going to make a difference on, this, on the outcome of your life is what you do with the word of God. Yes. Jesus said, the man who's, who's, who's a doer of my word, when the storms came, they could not shake him because his foundation was already solid. What is going to determine what the circumstances of your life are going to be like is the level of the word of God that you have stored up in your spirit. The level of the word of God that you have in the reservoir of your spirit. That is what is going to determine what your life is going to be like. And Jesus said, these two houses, the one built on sand, that's the one who didn't do the word. Listen to me very carefully. The full intention of the wind and the storm were to destroy the houses, was it not? Okay, when you read, look at it closely, you will hear what Jesus is saying. The full intention, when the wind came, when the storms came, when the rain came, the full intention of the wind and the storm were to destroy the houses. But by the time the wind came, one house was already built on the rock. Even though the wind fully intended to destroy the house because its foundation was solid, it could not shake it. But the other house that had no foundation was destroyed. There's a lot of Christians who believe that God sent problems to make us better Christians. That the problems of life come to us so that we can grow and mature and become more spiritual. That sounds very funny. 
I wish I have time to go into details. The wind came to destroy the houses. The storm, their full intention was to destroy the house. But by the time the storm came, one house was already built on a rock. Even though the wind fully intended to destroy it, it could not shake it. Because its foundation was already on the rock. Don't you know of some people who, because of certain problems that came upon them, they quit Christianity? I know some people. Because of certain, the, the test of, I, I, when I live in Los Angeles, I used to volunteer in a, in a, a shelter. It was, it was a shelter where, they, where the homeless people come and, and, and they feed them, they help them. And so one day, I, I, I was watching the line of these people as they come to get food. I was just watching, and there was one man. He looked different. I, I thought there was something special about this man. And so he comes. He's homeless, had nothing. He's lost everything. And so he comes along the line, and he received food, and he went and he ate. And, and, and I, I got to talk to him. I got to find out what. What happened to him? I found out this man had a PhD in physics. He could have been a, a president of a university somewhere. Had a PhD in physics. One day, his wife left him for another man. And he lost it. He could not get over it. He lost everything he had. That's what Jesus said. The storms came. Could not hold it because there was no foundation. Don't you know of some people who because of certain storms destroyed their lives, they never were able to pick up their lives back up together again like Humpty Dumpty. There are some Christians who believe that God sends sickness and disease to teach us some lessons. It is interesting that some of those diseases that you believe that God sent to teach us a lesson, some people, because of those sickness and disease, they die and go to heaven and never have a chance to make use of what they learned from the lesson. I'm going to wait a minute and let that sink in. Because I want to challenge your theology this morning. Because a lot of times we believe the wrong things. Why? Because we are not in the word of God. We believe that God sent that disease, that sickness, to teach them a lesson, to make them more spiritual. And as a result of that sickness, they die, they went to heaven Never had a chance to make use of what they learned from the lesson. See, when you're in heaven, you don't need to learn no lessons. Heaven is perfect. You don't need to learn nothing, but you believe that, oh, that God gave you that disease. There's no disease in heaven. Where would God get that disease to give to you when there is none in heaven? I remember a couple of years ago, when I used to live in Los Angeles, my mother 
fall sick. She was sick, and my sister took her to the hospital. They check the uh, the doctors check, and they didn't know exactly what was wrong with her. And um, and they sent her home. When they sent her home, uh, she was in unconscious, went into a coma. And so when my sister called me, said, told me everything that was happening, I said, okay, we have to pray for this woman. And if we don't pray for this woman, we're going to lose her. She's going to die. Okay. And see, when you say something like that, people say, how can you afford to say that? See, brothers and sisters, Christianity is not a game of chance. Any of you heard something called lottery? Okay, lottery where they pick certain numbers. And if you get the numbers right, you win some type of, type of money. Okay, that is a game of chance. Okay, Christianity is not a game of chance. There are specific principles that if you walk on those principles, when you read the scripture, you discover those spiritual principles and you walk on those principles no force in this war can stop you from getting your result. And, and, and so I said, okay, we're going to pray. Let's pray. When we were praying, we were not begging God. We came, me and, okay, I wanted to, I wanted to, wanted to get this. For those of you that are intercessors, this will bless you. I'm in Los Angeles. My mother and my sister are in Nigeria. And we are praying over the phone. Okay. And when we were praying... We were not begging God. We, we bind and rebuke the spirit of death and forbid it from getting near that woman's body. And we call life to come back into her. And when we finished praying, we knew we got the result. A couple of days later, they called me back and they said, Mama got a story for you. And so she, she told me, you said, she said, you know, when I was lying down there, I died. She had died. She said, I saw my body, I saw my body lying on the bed, and I am outside my body. And I saw you and your sister in the corner, you were praying. Okay. You remember where, where I was? Okay. I'm in Los Angeles. My sister is in Nigeria. And what my mother saw in the spirit, there's a unity. Unity of the spirit. So when you are interceding, you are here in Wasilla, and you are interceding for people in Russia, people in Africa, people in Asia, there is a unity of the spirit. And so my mother said, I'm lying on the bed. I saw my body there, and there was, there was no, no ceiling, there was no roof. And I saw a ladder lead up to heaven, and angels were walking up and down the ladder. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around, and one of the angels tapped me on the shoulder, said, look. And when she turned, there was a bouquet of flowers in the corner. And the angel said, these flowers were for your funeral, but I have come to cancel the funeral. And the angel grabbed the flowers, left the room, and she came back into her body. She's almost 90 today. I told her, I said, I said, 
the day you will die is not going to be sickness or disease that's going to kill you. God is just going to call you home. And so while I was thinking about that story, I remember another story about a, a, a pastor in Oklahoma who one of the members of his church was working on a construction. I think it was a two- or three-story construction. To cut a long story short, this, this man fell and he, he died. They took him to the hospital. And uh, the pastor came to the hospital where he was. And, and the pastor went and he started praying for him. Okay, Listen to what the pastor prayed. The pastor said, God, I'm going to give you five reasons why I will not allow this man to die. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? I'm going to give you five reasons why I will not allow this man to die. He said, number one, he is my Sunday school superintendent. He said, I am not saying that he is the best Sunday school superintendent in the world, but he is useful to me. He is useful to the church. Number two, he is just 49 years old. And, 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 and you have given us 70 years, and it's, it's, I just don't want him to die before his time. Number three, he, he has a wife and three children, and it is not a good testimony for a man to die in the midst of his years and, and leave his family just like that. And number three, he put in 30% of his money in the church. <laughs> I need that money. The church needs that money. So I'm not going to allow him to die. And then number five, he said, this man is a good influence for the church in the community. He goes out and he wins souls and he does wonderful things and he ministers to people and he brings people to the church and he helps the community. I'm not going to let him die. He analyzes all his reasons and said, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. Lord, I'm not going to let him die. Lord, I'm not going to let him die. Meanwhile, this man has left his body and gone up to heaven. And the angel has led him to his mansion. And he was beginning to settle down and to enjoy the place. And he was listening to the angelic music. And he was beginning to settle down and, and, and just beginning to enjoy the place. And all of a sudden, Jesus showed up. He said, you will have to go back to earth. The man said, no, I'm not going back. And Jesus said, no, you will have to go back to earth. The man said, I am not going back to earth. There is nothing that is going to take me back there. I'm not going back. The man, Jesus said, you will have to go back to the earth. The man said, I am not going back. And so Jesus said, come. And so he brought him, he pulled something like a window blind. When he pulled something like a window blind, he said, look in there. And when he looked in there, he saw his pastor on earth saying, God, I'm not going to let him die. God, I'm not going to let him die. And you know what Jesus told that man? He said, your pastor won't let you stay up here. <laughs> what am I saying? Brothers and sisters, there is a place of authority that the word of God can bring us up to. And now, Pastor, let me, let me share, let me make a, pro, a proclamation for you. King's Chapel has been promoted. This place 
is this is going to be the city hall in the realm of the spirit. And guess who's going to be the mayor? So what I want you to do is find out what does the mayor do for the city of Wasilla. Find out all those people that were elected in office or appointed in the office. What do they do for the city of Wasilla? Because you're going to have the spiritual responsibility to do that for the city of Wasilla. You're going to have to learn your authority. Brothers and sisters, we're just moving. We are in the age of the kingdom. We just move into the kingdom age. And when you live in the kingdom age, you cannot carry the old mentality into the kingdom age. You have to learn your authority. In the kingdom age, we're not going to beg for nothing anymore. We're going to demand something. We're going to use our spiritual authority. It means that you're going to change things in the city. You're going to alter the decisions, things that come into Wasilla. It means when you take your authority, you're going to change what happened in this place. You're going to permit things to come here, and you're going to stop things from happening in Wasilla. That's where we are going. That's the word for you today. And Jesus said there were these two houses. The man, one person, he spent the time in the word of God. He dig deep and he built that foundation on the solid rock. And when the storms of life came, they could not shake him because it was founded upon a rock. And so brothers and sisters, the word of God, my brothers and sisters, will build faith into you. The, brother, the word of God will, will, will give you that, that spiritual authority that you need so that you can take your place in life. If you do not build yourself on the word of God, if you do not spend time in the word of God and build that word of God into your spirit, brothers and sisters, when the storms of life come, they will shake you down. I want you to observe something. The Bible says the man that built on the rock he spent time, he dig deep. It takes some effort. It takes work. You know, uh, somebody has said that the only place where you're going to find success without work is in the dictionary. <laughs> Here, the man, it takes work. It takes some effort. It takes time. And you know, we live in this microwave generation. We hit it for two minutes and eat it all day. And when it comes to spiritual things, we have that kind of mentality. We want the pastor to do everything for us. No, it's time for you to do it for yourself. You're going to have to. There is Bible study in this church. There's prayer meeting going on in this church. Some of you don't come. Some of you don't come. You stay home. You want the pastor to do for you. Brothers and sisters, uh, that is a recipe for destruction when the storms come. You have to take that time. Take the effort. The man who built on sand, he didn't care. He didn't, he didn't take any time. He just went and built on sand. And probably 
the outside of the building of this man who built on sand was more beautiful than the other man. But unfortunately, he did not have that foundation. There was no foundation there. And so the man who built on rock, he took time, he built it. He took the time, he digged the ground. He meditated on the words of God. Brothers and sisters, if you do not take the time to build your spirit, to build the word of God into your spirit, when the storms of life will come, Satan is going to have, take advantage over you. Brothers and sisters, when the storms of life are beginning to come, when the sickness are beginning to come, when this, the attacks are beginning to come, from the deposits of the word of God in your spirit, that's when you pull out the word of God. And you said, the scripture said, by his stripes I am healed. He, the, the scripture said, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. And, and every tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, I will condemn it. But if you don't, if you wait until the problems come, if you wait until Satan attack you, that is when you're beginning to search, oh, what did the pastor say about this healing? What did the pastor say about finances? And, and you're trying to, you're completely confused. It may not be possible for you to be successful. It's like a man who is trying to build a house in the midst of the storm. And, and, and you see the beautiful analogy here in Wasilla, they don't do a lot of, how many builders we have here? They don't do a lot of building in the winter because there's a lot of snow. And, and the builders are so smart. Sometimes they, they lay the foundation in the summer. They make it solid. And if they, if they know that they're going to continue building in the winter, in the summer, they lay that foundation and then they cover it. So when the winter comes, they will continue building because they already have that foundation. And so if you wait on the, until the problems of life come... And that's when you're trying to study the word of God. You waited too late. You waited too late. It's like a builder who is trying to build a house on a solid rock in a foundation in the middle of the winter. You will not succeed at all. But when you have that word of God in you, from the reservoir of the word of God, you pull it out and you put it on the situation. No matter what happened, no matter what happened, you can always rest assured that you will be successful. Brothers and sisters, God has given us everything that we need in his word. The word of God, the word of God, brothers and sisters, whatever situation you can find yourself, the word of God is an information book of what God has done for us. You didn't hear me. The word of God is an information book of what God has done for us. He has done it for us in the spiritual realm. And he has informed us of what he has done in his word. But having informed us of what he has done in his word, he expects us to go into the word of God and find out what has God say about this particular situation. When something comes up in your life, when you're facing a situation, Go into the Word of God and find out what does the Word of God say about this particular situation. I remember the centurion. In the days of Jesus, the centurion, you remember his story. He came to Jesus. His daughter was grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come to your house. I will come to the house and lay my hands on your daughter and heal. But this man said, no, Lord, it's not necessary for you to come. Speak the Word only. This man knew the power 
that is in the word of God. And brothers and sisters, the word of God is the power with which God does everything that he wants to do. There is power in the word of God. Go into the word of God and find out what does the word of God say about your situation? What does the word of God say about what you are going through? And the choir was singing this morning. There's so many things in the word of God. In Psalm 91, I that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid for the terror that fly by day, nor for the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eye shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. For I have met the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high my habitation. They shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For he has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. I shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall I trample on their feet. For he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he had known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the word of God that we need in our spirit. That is the word of God that we need in our spirit, brothers and sisters. Go into the word of God. Build that in your spirit. Build that in your spirit. Let your spirit be like a sponge that is soaked with the word of God. When anything squeeze your spirit, let the word of God comes out. And you can be guaranteed victory. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody say praise God. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to bless the man of God as is our custom. I was talking to him upstairs. I said, we're going to give you an honorarium. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, oh, yes, yes, yes. He said, oh, no, no. I said, yes. Come on, that's what we do. You've received spiritually. We're going to bless financially. We're going to bless him. That's our custom. Amen. What a powerful word. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. our international church. We, re we really, it really is an international flavor here. So I've never quite been in a church like that. I don't know that I like it. You'll hate heaven if you don't like international. All, you'll hate it. If you don't like red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in a sight. If you don't like, I just feel totally out and weird if I'm in a church that's all one color. It's strange to me. We were raised that way from the islands, people from Europe, people from all walks of life. Come on, we, you know what? It's, God's really done something special here. Look around. There's every kind of nationality. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. Come on, we had the anointed message from a Nigerian this morning. African-American well we just love you and we're so blessed amen don't miss tonight 6 o'clock uh, our Missouri team is going to be ministering a wonderful prophetic gift that uh, Pastor Aaron has and really all those kids just flow and trained they'll be here ministering 6 o'clock don't miss tonight uh, ushers would you come please service if you're here and you didn't get some uh, chocolate covered bacon you're a man you can go ahead and get that it's a gift to the fathers chocolate covered goodness all right that's right father we thank you for this day that we celebrate your goodness the mongas lord and coming lieutenant colonel we thank you for how wonderful you are and how you have blessed them in such a wonderful way. God, thank you. Crown them with goodness in many, many years. Use them mightily up in Delta Junction as well as here in Jesus' name. Amen. Usher Spirit. They've got a big, a big party. They're going to go slip out. just stand up on your feet examine your heart for just a moment every head bowed every eye closed if you died today this is your last day on earth do you know for sure whether you'd go to heaven have you believed on the Lord Jesus are your sins forgiven have you repented of your sin and made him the Lord of your life if you have not won't you do it now in recommitment or perhaps for the first time if that's you pray with me Right out loud, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. And thank you that he rose again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wonderful. Let me bless you. We'll close. Father, we thank you for what you've done today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, O God. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope to see you tonight. It's going to be tremendous worship. It's going to be a tremendous time. God bless you. Happy Father's Day to y'all.